Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. We can also provide social media posting and video creation services, all in an affordable monthly package. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at techsitebuilder.com. On today's show, we have Erica Kastner on to talk about word of mouth marketing. She'll share tips on how to make sure you get consistent referrals and quality clients from word of mouth. After all, it's the number one way IT business owners say that they get new clients, and we want to make sure we're making the most of it. Plus, Paco and I share our plans for 2019. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. All right, guys. Uh, happy New Year. Welcome to 2019 and another year of awesome marketing tips from this podcast. Uh, my name is Matthew Rodella. I am a former IT business owner turned website developer. And I realized in the past I never um, introduced myself. And for someone who's just tuning into the podcast for the first time or discovering it, they, I can go the whole episode and they, they don't know anything about me or who this guy is talking to them. So I figured I'll do a little intro uh, at the beginning of the episodes as well. Um, hopefully change it up a little bit so it's, it's something new for people, longtime listeners, but for new folks, they, they know who I am as well. So um, that's me. And uh, this is my co-host, Paco LeBron. How are you doing, Paco? Better than good, better than most. How are you, Matt? I am doing good. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of uh, cliched guys who like, who like the new year and, and like, you know, making new goals and, and kind of looking at it as a, as an opportunity to refresh myself and, uh, and, you know, wash the sins of the past year away <laughs> and, and start new. So I'm, I'm, I always like this time of year. Um, it's, it's hopeful at least, um, you know, for me. Um, sure. So uh, let's see, I'll chat a little bit about uh, my plans for 2019. So um, for 2019, I think my goal is going to be all about recurring revenue. Um, so my plan is to, so my goal for the end of the year is to triple the recurring revenue that I'm earning now. And that's a big goal. And that's a lofty goal, but I think it's attainable. So it's, it's you know, a smart goal, right? Uh, specific measurable, attainable, um, whatever the R is, <laughs> and, and time-based. 
Um, so, uh, so the time is by the end of the year and I've, I've split up the goal into, into four quarters. So for each quarter of the year into four chunks. So the first quarter is what I'm called the building phase, which is where I'm going to kind of set the groundwork, uh, for a lot of these recurring revenue. So right now I have two main channels of recurring revenue that is tech site builder and my website care plan clients. So people who I've built a website for, uh, and then I continue to maintain it uh, over time. Um, so uh, last year I added a third recurring revenue stream, and that is Tech Blog Builder, um, and that's been going well. Uh, and I have big plans to to kind of expand that. Uh, and then I'm looking to add a fourth stream this year, um, and that's going to be a membership site uh, around um, turnkey websites. So basically, for other web developers who want to learn how to build Tech Site Builder. A, a tech site builder type of thing for their own industry. Um, I'm going to have a membership site that's, that they can sign up for to get ongoing support and training and have like a, a forum and stuff like that. Um, it's been something that, uh, that people have been asking for. So I, I know there's a demand. So that's something I'm going to build out. So all of that stuff I'm going to build out. I've also got some new stuff I'm working on for tech site builder um, as far as just kind of refreshing it uh, and, you know, coming up with some new designs and stuff for that. So quarter one is all about building all of that stuff up and laying the groundwork. Quarter two is about experimenting. So um, in the second quarter of the year, I'm going to uh, start experimenting with different ways to grow those different revenue streams. So, you know, advertising or content, um, other, other things, maybe, you know, try guest being a guest on other podcasts and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to be trying a bunch of things in quarter two, figure out what works, and then in quarter three, I'm going to kind of focus on the things that work and continue to, to focus on those channels of growth. And then um, once I you know, have a good formula, I'm hoping by the fourth quarter, I can uh, just work on doubling down on, on the, the, the things that work and, uh, and then focusing on you know, Black Friday and the holidays and the end of the year where people are you know, trying to spend more money and, uh, and then try to get, get, the, get my goals there. So I think, you know, adding a new recurring revenue stream, um, kind of refreshing some of my stale uh, streams and then uh, experimenting with, with how to grow those um, should work out well. Uh, we'll see. And hopefully I'll be able to check in with you guys throughout the year and let you know how that's going. Um, so, uh, Paco, how have you been? How were your holidays and what do you got planned for us this year? Holidays were good. Uh, things have been, it's crazy because in, so for those that are tuning in for the first time, um, I run an IT practice called Prodigy Techs in Chicago, Illinois, uh, right here in the downtown area and specifically in the West Loop portion of downtown. And, um, normally, so we've been in business coming up in February, six years, and this is the first year, first December that we have not only been busy, but it was probably better than November's month. Hmm. So usually at the end of the month for us, we have, you know, get a slow turn. People don't really want to do much. They want to kind of wait to the new year to talk about new stuff. I will have some of those that are trying to spend money um, before the end of the year so they can get rid of that capital and, you know, not give it to uncle Sam. And, it was just an interesting month altogether, and it turned out to be really good. 
Um, reason why I wasn't able to make last week's episode, I had got caught up with a client that ended up from one o'clock in the afternoon and didn't end until about, I think it was 645 my time, which was like 15 minutes before the show ended. So, um, <laughs> didn't make it there, but it ended up being a lucrative partnership and ended up becoming something to, um, a beneficial relationship moving forward on some of the plans that we have that we ended up developing. So, um, last minute client jobs as I mentioned before, and I've been really uh, brushing up on my pumpkin plan uh, reading, and I'm basically doing several things in the business in the new year. I'm going to be adjusting my rates. Um, Turns out that the rate I am interviewing several of my customers um, or specifically prospects that I did not land their contract, I asked them if they can provide me some feedback on what, what, where did we, you know, miss the mark on earning their business. And it turned out that quite a bit of them was that my rate for hourly was pretty high. And I knew I was pushing it um, because I was testing the market on what can I charge? I wanted to make sure that, you know, where I was in the place with my expertise, what I'm giving as value. And what I've done is I've kind of adjusted some things for now. Um, I've actually lowered my hourly rate by $25. And then I've also lowered the retainer program by $25. Now, normally somebody um, in sales, that's really a no-no. You don't lower your pricing. um, You just express the value. I think right now we are trying to figure out where are we going to do the value at. And once we do decide where that value will be, whether it's IT support specifically on management of infrastructure or is it going to be in services and other items? So that's where we're kind of figuring out from there. I can say that I'm making more sales because of a $25 drop. Um, so in reality, I'm only using tw- losing $25 per hour. I'm losing $250 for the retainer that we have for our retainer block of 10 hours. But we're gaining more than what we probably would have lost. So I think right. that's and just, I, I, you know, I've, I've found that there's like, there's a psychological barrier between certain prices. So even if you like drop it, you know, five or $10, if it drops below that, whatever psychological barrier, whether it's like over a hundred or whether it's over 150 or there's, you know, there's certain, um, and that's why like people like the 99 or 97, they like right. to end things with that because there's just some, some kind of psychological thing. So yeah, sometimes you don't need to drop your price that much, but just making a little bit of an adjustment like that can help. And then you can look for maybe um, offering other higher price, higher ticket services, or, you know, focus more on recurring revenue or whatever. So yeah, I mean, there's no shame in, in adjusting your prices. Cause like you said, you're testing the market and right. you're, you're seeing uh, what works. And sometimes, you know, you, you, <laughs> you go a little too far in one direction and you got to rein it in. And I, th- I think that just means that you're paying attention and, and adjusting accordingly. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's that and adding it to the back end. We're introducing new services that we're tacking on a little bit on top of it from great partnerships like Jump Cloud, Untangle, things like that. Um, but we're kind of flushing all that out. And basically now um, we're doing that. We're canceling services. So no more screen replacements, no more DC jack replacements. There's such a pain in the butt to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we decided that, you know, if those calls come in, we don't do them. We're only going to do a select amount of jobs that if they're coming in for small businesses or replacing them. And then we're also figuring out what we can outsource. So instead of how to do it, more about the who we can do from there. Right. Um, and maybe so, those DC Jack repairs and stuff, you can find a local you know, repair shop to right. offload those too. Yep. 
so that's kind of where we've been doing it from there. That's kind of our plan for that. And just really just planning other stuff. Uh, TechCon Unplugged. We've been uh, working on that conference, which for everyone that doesn't know, me and Jeff Hallish over at the Computer Repair Podcast, um, we're throwing an IT conference for business owners. It's going to be in September 20th, 20th to the 22nd in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Should be a lot of great time. Um, you can find out more information over at TechConUnplugged.com. Um, but we basically have two sponsors that came on as of this week. We got FreshBooks and we got MagnusBox, the uh, cloud backup system. And we're working on quite a few others that we're just waiting for the ink to dry on the agreements so we can announce a couple more. And um, as Mike Smith kind of talked about on TechVets, um, we have a, a, a quite a few panel committee members to just make sure we plan the right information. Um, and Matt will be there a lot of, along with other podcasters and Basically, it's just all of us IT business owners throwing it for other IT business owners. Yeah, that'll be a fun time. Um, sounds like you got some great sponsors lined up and uh, looking forward to to seeing how that progresses. So that's awesome. all I got in my end. Cool, cool. All right. So uh, before we jump into the uh, feature topic, which um, is going to be about word of mouth marketing and uh, and how we can uh, you know grow that and, and make that more predictable. Uh, but before we do that, uh, just wanted to uh, see Paco if you had a tech site builder question of the week this week. I do. Um, with all of the new New Year's resolutions and change and so forth, my question for you is how often should we refresh our tech site builder sites or just our sites in general um, when it comes to just giving a, a, a clean or a new perspective on what we're trying to convey the message of our business? Right. That's a good question. Um, when, you know, we were talking about um, experimenting and testing the market and stuff like that. So I think, you know, there's no harm in continually, you know, updating the messaging or, you know, swapping out pictures or changing a button here or there, you know, see what works, see what doesn't work. Um, if you're offering new services, you know, add those. If you're taking away services, take those away. Um, I think a vibrant website is a website that people want to visit more often because they want to see what changed, what's new, what's going on. And if it's the same website that it was five years ago, people aren't going to have a reason to visit it, at least not, you know, existing customers or past customers. Um, so that, that means the blog, of course, but it also means just every other page of your site. Um, keep it refreshed, keep it relevant. Um, you know, don't worry too much about the SEO impact of that as long as the overall keywords and the overall, you know, structure of the of the site remains, um, then you can experiment with those 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 different headlines and different images and stuff like that. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, a full website refresh where you like redesign everything, change the colors, change the layouts, everything like that, um, that's something, you know, you you some people do it too often. Um, I don't think it's something you need to do. I think the, the only time you really need to do that is if there's something that your website currently isn't doing for you that you wish it would and that you can't get it to do by small tweaks or something. So, you know, if, you're, if your website is just, you know, not flexible enough or you wish, you know, you were able to uh, capture leads or add a contact form or add a Google map or something and you're just not able to do it on the platform you have or, um, you know, something like that, or the, the look is just, you know, super outdated, then it's time for a refresh. So, you know, every few years at minimum, but, you know, more like, you know, five or, or so years, just, just revisit your site. Because, of course, technology changes, 
you know, if you had a, had a site in 2000, then it wouldn't have been a good site in 2010. And that same site in 2010 wouldn't be a good site now because things like, you know, mobile responsiveness and the, the rise of, of smartphones have, have made, you know, the, the things that make a website work well have changed. Uh, and they were very structural things. So you, you would have needed to refresh it uh, by now. But I, I see some people refreshing their site like every year, uh, as far as like do, doing a whole makeover on it. And I think that that can be, that can almost hurt you sometimes because, you know, every time you do that, you could lose some of the, uh, the good SEO juice that you were building up, especially if you change the content around too much. Um, and also if someone who's visited your site in the past and is interested in visiting it again, um, or you m- might be interested in your services now, they visit the new site and it looks nothing like the old site. They can get confused. They can, you know, think maybe you're a different company. Um, so, you know, just th- there's a balance there. Right. And, and so like, like a lot of this stuff, there's no one right answer, but just in general, always be tweaking, but, uh, uh, you know, every, every few years you can look to doing a, a full website refresh. Good to know. All right, guys. So with that, let's jump into our featured topic today. We're going to be talking with Erica Kastner of Kastner Consulting about word of mouth marketing. So um, for over two decades, Erica has helped business owners and service providers improve their word of mouth marketing strategies to find, connect, and convert more of their ideal clients. In addition to working with small business owners, Erica has had the privilege of working with and for nationally recognized brands such as Lancome Cosmetics, Victoria's Secret, Dress for Success, uh, and the Miss America organization, just to name a few. So um, welcome, Erica. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. I'm super stoked to have this conversation about word of mouth marketing. (laughs) Yes, and I'm super stoked to have it with you because, uh, you know, in in speaking with IT business owners over the years, um, you know, having this podcast, having, you know, Tech Site Builder, I'm always talking to folks and asking them, you know, what kind of marketing is working for you? Um, what, What seems to be driving the most traffic? And um, almost inevitably, they'll they'll point to word of mouth as being the um, the primary driver of of customers. But then when I ask them, you know, what kind of marketing do you wish you could do, or what are your concerns about your current marketing? And and a lot of them say, well, you know, it's not very predictable. Um, it's it, I feel like there's you know there's there's cycles where sometimes I'm getting a lot of referrals and sometimes I'm not. And so it seems like you know word of mouth marketing kind of just tends to happen by accident. Um, just because, you know, you're providing good service, people, you know, want to refer you to their friends and stuff, but sometimes that's not enough and, and that's not very predictable. So I think my first question to you is, um, you know, how can we make word of mouth marketing something that's more intentional and, uh, and something that it just doesn't happen by accident? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think a lot of it starts with identifying it's easy for us as service providers it, it, obviously, a lot of your audience today are in the IT world. But if you think about it, if anybody is out of that that sphere and they're thinking about, okay, I know who my ideal client is. Maybe you don't. Maybe that's a maybe that's a thing that you've got to figure out for Q1 in 2019. Like, who is your ideal client? Um, because a lot of a lot of service providers are zigzagging all over the place as it relates to their ideal client. But let's assume that you have your ideal client. Then what's important to identify is more importantly, 
who is already talking to that ideal client. So I'm not necessarily talking about friends and family because Matthew, I think that's where you're getting into the whole like, oh my gosh, this is not predictable. Feels like it's push and pull. I, I have to knock on doors sometimes to get those referrals. If we can build relationships with people that are already other service providers, especially other service providers who are doing business with the clients you want to work with, that is what's going to continue to fuel our pipeline. And it's so easy to think about it, right? It's very simple to think about it, but it's going into that daily practice of saying, okay, where are my LinkedIn connections? If we're doing some on, a lot of us are doing online businesses, right? Sometimes it physically means that we have to go out there and shake hands, kiss babies, and have a relationship with the service providers who are already doing business with our customers because those are the people, they already been the year of your customers. So if we already have an established relationship and you have like 10 of those people that you already like have a relationship with, it's going to be much easier for you to get those referrals. And I'm sure we'll dive a lot deeper into some of those tactics as well tonight. So, yeah. So (laughs) you actually mentioned, um, you know, talking about like the offline and online dichotomy Mm -hmm. and, and, and sometimes there is a real kind, it seems like there's a disconnect where, you know, I can, I can be on social media and I can get the word out there or I can go to a networking event or something and, and maybe talk to people there. Um, but they seem very separate and it's hard to connect them. And I think if you can kind of connect those two worlds, it can really kind of expound, if that's the right word, um, the the word of mouth marketing. So what are your thoughts about kind of bridging the gap between offline and online? Yeah. I mean, number one, and here's the thing, you can't be afraid of building relationships beyond your computer, period. I mean, like a lot of my business, even though I have an international presence today, it all started with me actually physically in real life, having a conversation with somebody. And it was scary as all get out. When I first started, um, as you referenced in my bio, Matthew, I I was working for major retailers like Longcomb Cosmetics, Victoria's Secret Companies, um, have even had a brief stint uh, with a local America preliminary. And there were a number of things that were, it was easy for people to come into my center and I could turn on the charm if they were coming into my store. But as a service provider, when I shifted gears 14 years ago and decided I was going to leave retail and go into a more service-based industry, I decided in the title insurance world, I'm not even going to get into that story today because that'll be boring as I'll get out. Um, But I, way before I started my coaching practice, my consulting practice, I, that was my first start with title with um with the service-based world was working for a title company my job with that company was to go out there and build relationships with people in the community and this is way before facebook i mean facebook was just an a, a, a teeny tiny baby. And so I didn't know how to do that. I mean, I just was like, oh, wait a minute, I have to go out there and actually meet people. So when I did that, it was scary to do that. But once I started doing that, I eventually built up the um, the, the email marketing. That was part of our marketing strategy too. We had to build an email database. So I was building relationships with that. And when then when social media came into the realm, it was cool because then I could connect with those people online, but I already formed the relationship online. So I think, or sorry, offline. So I think right. for a lot of service providers who are doing a lot of business behind the computer screen, sometimes it makes sense for you to go to conferences that are speaking to the people that you know, you're wanting to network with. Start in your local market. If you can't fly off to, I live in Florida, but if you can't fly, um, you know, to DC where, where you are, Matthew, or you can't fly to where, you know, Paco is in Chicago, like the 
that's okay. Start in your local backyard, build relationships with number one, the people who are already talking to your people. And number two, build, you know, obviously find a way to connect with them offline or sorry, online. That way you can continue the conversation. They can build rapport with you. Um, and you almost look like you're omnipresent in that way, but start offline first. Right. Don't be afraid to go out there and, and, and meet people in real life. Yeah. I find they're, they're, you know, it's, they're, they're definitely um, go hand in hand. And uh, I, I try to make it a point to connect with people in both places. So if I meet someone online and you know we form a relationship there. I try to find ways to to meet them offline, whether it's say, hey, what conferences are you going to, yeah. or you know, hey, what's you know, if it's local, what's what's going on locally. And then if it's someone I meet for the first time in person, then of course you know, hey, can I you know friend you on LinkedIn, or you know, can I have your your email and your card? And then I try to connect with them to keep that relationship going. And keep that connection going because it's really easy to meet someone at a conference and then you know lose their card and totally lose touch with them and, and never find them again. Yeah. Um, so so I think it's it's mutually uh, beneficial. One thing that I found works really well uh, in my business is you know I, I like a lot of people hate cold calling and I'm not a fan of receiving them. I'm not a fan of of making right. them. <laughs> but what I do like is warm calling. So when I've you know met someone online first. Um, I try to get them on the phone um, pretty quickly. So if they're interested in my services or if they're, you know, on a trial of one of my services and they're trying it out, um, I'm saying, hey, you know, I want to want to know what you think about this this service. Why don't we hop on the phone and talk about it? Because that way they know who I am. Um, and I find that being able to talk through stuff on the phone, it helps kind of seal the deal a lot quicker than, you know, letting them just stumble their way through a trial or trying to figure it out on their own. Yeah. And one of my favorite questions to ask, I mean, especially for people that might not necessarily have a trial per se, you know, then they're already, already in your, um, in your web, if you will. Um, one of my favorite questions when you're trying to warm people up and build that relationship is to reach out and simply ask, Hey, I want to learn about you and your current areas of focus and how I can support you. I mean, nobody's right. going to turn, like I get probably pitched in my LinkedIn box 50 times a day. And I like to the, I used to like kindly tell those people, you know, that's probably not the way you want to conduct business. I don't know you. You don't know me. Um, you don't want to probably pitch me, but I lost track. I mean, cause it was just so overwhelming, but one of the things that people won't turn away is the, op the invitation for help. Right. I mean, they're going right. to be more likely to return your phone call or to, yes, I'll, I'll take you up on that virtual coffee. If you come from a place of service first and say, Hey, I want to know about you. What, what do you got going on? What's happening in 2019 for you? I, I'm building my network too. What are some things I can do to help support you? And if they don't, right. if they don't hit you up and say, yeah, let's connect, no love lost, you know, fit, but, but it is a way for you to go out there and initiate the conversation as opposed to just saying, Hey, I'm open for business. Let's do business together. Right. And if, if they say no, that's probably a sign that they wouldn't be a good customer for you anyways. Uh, and you know, you can move on right. confidently. But that's the important part that I want to touch on real quick. So it's not necessarily like, I mean, and, and this is where I start thinking about, again, going back to networking, going back to getting those word of mouth referrals. If we could stop treating everybody like they're a customer. I mean, now if they're doing our trial, that's a mm. totally different ballgame, right? Because mm -hmm. you know that they're interested in what you have to do. 
But everybody we meet at a conference, everybody we meet at a networking event, if we can just pretend for a second, and this is probably, this is going to sound really counterintuitive, we can stop treating people like they're our customers and start treating them like our, our Pied Pipers. We're going to be one heck of a, I mean, we're going to be so much further along in the game because we're focused on building that relationship and adding value to the relationship. And for a lot of you out there that are trying to figure out where the hell you're going to stand out in the market space, that's how you do it is by building that relationship and come from a place of service first because people are like, yeah, I like that person. Yeah, I like that guy. I like that woman. What, what are they about? Cause they're finding out about me and they're not treating me like I'm a customer. They're treating me like I'm, I'm a friend and I'm building a relationship. So I think that's the most important aspect. If anybody's taking any notes, um, stop treating people like they're customers. Start treating them like they could potentially be your Pied Piper. Yeah, that's a great point because if you walk into a, even in a cold room or networking physically, you know, looking for relationships and partners end up being more fruitful moving forward. I mean, mm -hmm. I could speak to that, you know, at a networking event and joining the uh, Chamber of Commerce that I'm now on the board of directors for, you know, I, just talking to them as a partner, they introduced me to another IT solution um, that's in the area that deals with much bigger uh, companies that I'm able to take on, but a lot of the smaller guys, they don't have time for right. now they send it over to me. And that wouldn't have happened had I viewed this chamber of commerce as a customer trying to get their business instead of looking at the bigger uh, scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And it, that's really helped where, like you said, just looking to how can I partner with someone versus trying to get them as a client helps uh, tenfold. Yeah, exactly. And Paco, you kind of touched on something about getting involved with your chamber of commerce. So before I launched my company, I actually worked for uh, two chamber of commerces in my neck of the woods. And so it's really where I got this, this hunger to go out there and help business owners and service providers really maximize their time in the sales process um, was through my, you know, just being out in the battlefield in that, in that realm, uh, working at the chamber but I got to tell you, you know, another really cool thing, and that, since we're talking about chambers, another really cool place for service providers to really um, build relationships in an authentic way, believe it or not, is to get involved with nonprofit organizations within your community. Because if you're, if you're, like a lot of people want to give back in some way, shape, or form, but they really don't know how to do it. Um, what's really fascinating about a nonprofit organization is they usually have a board of directors. Paco, you're on your board at your chamber. The board is usually made up of decision makers and influencers in the community. So if you're going in with the intention that you're going to get business from the nonprofit, then I would urge you not to do that. But if you're going to go get involved with something you're passionate about, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're building relationships in the community who potentially be fruitful in your business and you're giving back. So that's a really cool way to also bridge the gap um, with, with relationships in general. So wanted to throw that so, tip in there <laughs> yeah great i mean uh, you know f from what we're what we're talking about so far it sounds like word of mouth uh marketing really happens uh before you ever get a client or before you ever start to pitch your services because you know it, you know i i had always thought of word of mouth marketing as hey you know I, you're my customer i did a great job for you now go tell your friends when really it's about you know just forming relationships with people that may never be your customer and figuring out how you can help each other. And then they, you know, they get to know you and then they're like, well, Hey, I, I have this colleague that might be able to use your services or, you know, I'll, I'll put, you know, 
put your, uh, I'll integrate your, your service with my service or something like that. And that just kind of starts to build those professional relationships, which I think can help make this, uh, this word of mouth type of thing stick. Well, right. I mean, again, it all goes back to identifying number one, who truly is your ideal client. One of the things that, um, and can I share this story, Matthew, might help our, our, our audience understand kind of where I'm going with this. Sure. But um, my husband, I mentioned him in the, in the, in the chat off, you know, off before we actually hopped on here. And, you know, it's so funny because about four years ago, he decided to take his, he's an insurance agent, decided to take his traditional insurance practice, which was just general, it was homes, autos, but it was like kind of middle market. And he thought, you know what, I really want to take this up a notch. I really want to have fun. He had a few retired athlete clients and decided that he was going to embrace working with that elite client. So that professional athlete, that entertainer, but had no clue how he was going to do it beyond the few retired athletes that he had. Well, then he started thinking about, okay, like that's the client I want. Now who's already talking to that client. And so then from there, he started thinking about, well, sports agents are talking to that client. Business managers are talking to that client. So we're talking about like, he started building relationships with people because he's never going to go in and like talk to LeBron about an insurance policy, you know, let's just face it. Um, But what he might do is meet LeBron's manager one day and LeBron's manager might, I mean, I'm making that up, but you know, it's that type of, that type of energy we could focus. And it seems like it's a long way around getting the client but you don't know who that person knows and they already have a, a, a set of clients that they service. So why not go be their best friend or do what you can to really earn their trust and potentially open you up to their portfolio and their book of business and um, some of their relationships and even like how you and I got connected with the podcast. I mean, I'm part of a directory. You're part of a directory. That's how we connected. So, um, you know, who knows as we continue this relationship, there might be some really cool things that, Hey, Matthew, Paco, you need to go talk to so-and-so and it might open up a door for you that and vice versa. Right. So it, it who knows what, what, that's all about until you actually start having those conversations and the rest is history can be very fruitful for you if you focus on the relationship first. Right. And that's, you know, that's how I've, I've landed some of my best clients is not by going after them directly, but by being involved with some of the other people that have, that service them um, and then getting in that way. So if there's a service provider that's already working with them and I get in good with that service provider, that that service provider has a direct line of communication with that client where they can say, Hey, I've got this buddy, you know, in the IT business. I know you've been having problems with your servers. Uh, I think it'd be a great, you know, great to to take a look at that and, and bam, you're in. Whereas yeah. if you're trying to, you know, LinkedIn message spam or or cold call or do whatever you can to get get a hold of these people, of course they're gonna ignore you because they don't know, you know, they don't know you. They don't know you, yeah. Um yeah. and I'll I will i will jump in and share another example because you've said something and it prompted me to share this example, um, if I may. Uh, but you know, I actually so going back to my nonprofit example too, where Paco was talking about how he is involved with this chamber of commerce, because I was working for a chamber many, many moons ago, I got involved with the nonprofit organization. 
they invited me to speak a couple of times. Well, that eventually ended up me once I launched, launched my company. Um, it landed me an opportunity to facilitate. And I still have that relationship today, but I, it's, a, it's a contracted position where I facilitate a program for them on an ongoing basis. And then from that, because I, their board was involved with that program, um, a Fortune 300 company actually saw me in action and was like, oh my gosh, you know, we would love for you to come in and work with our group of, of um, you know, up and coming risers. So like if I would have just yeah. said, oh, let me just try to contact that Fortune 300 company and let me get my foot in the door, that would have never happened. But because I positioned myself in front of an opportunity that landed me another opportunity, which landed me another opportunity, um, you know, I've gotten three deals out of the, out of the relationship and I wasn't looking for it. But it happened because I positioned myself very smartly um, and and did a good job for them. And then, you know, of course, it, it stemmed into some other things. So don't ever think a nonprofit organization is not going to be that way. But go in with the intention that you're going to be there to serve. And you never know who you're going to meet that could open up another door for you. So uh, we were chatting earlier and you mentioned that you've, you've worked with some IT businesses um, yeah. in your in your. Um, in your services, um, what are some of the, um, you know, maybe the mistakes they're making or some of the, the lessons that, that you've seen they, they can learn, um, uh, through, through, you know, yeah. uh, providing word of mouth marketing and, and building it up in their business? Yeah, well, I think we've touched on some of them, but just to, to really um, make sure that we're, you know, putting them front and center. Number one, you're working too much on your business and are, or sorry, in your business and not on it. Um, so you're, you're nose to the grind, you're doing the busy work as it relates to your business, and you're not forming those relationships. Um, and then number two, um, you know, you're, you're too busy behind the computer. So you're not taking the time to actually go out into even your local market, um, to shake hands, literally kiss babies work <laughs> <You know, laughs> way. Right. But you're, you're not doing the due diligence to go out there and, and physically have those interactions with people. And, and again, I know it's a, especially if you're used to being behind a computer screen, it can be a very, um, I don't want to assume that anybody's introverted by any search imagination. My personality has a tendency to be a little more on the introverted side. I, I, I put up a good game and, and assume <laughs> that I, people assume yeah. I'm very extroverted, but that's not my tendency at all. And you don't have to be Gregorious and, and crazy and out there to build relationships with people, but you do have to take the time. The other mistake that I find that a, lo a lot of IT professionals and even other professional service providers make is that they go in and and assume that the people that they're talking to are their customers. So we can just open up the conversation a little bit and assume that there's maybe a potential um, relationship beyond just the client uh, service provider relationship. And we go in with a, hey, we're, we're in this together. We're, how can we collaborate? Um, that's another really cool win. And the final thing that I wanted to share on that is um, that they're not doing enough to build up their own network. So one of the things that you as a service provider, as, as, as our audience is listening today, as a service provider, the thing that makes you stand out among all the other IT professionals out there is your network period. So if your clients are coming to you and they're expecting one set of services from you, or maybe you offer a multitude of services, 
they have other stuff too that they need help with. And so your network, if you've taken the time to vet other professional service providers for them and you let them know, hey, you know, working by working with me, I can open you up to, you don't have to go out there and try to find a marketing person. I got you covered. I, you don't have to go out there and find a web developer. I got you covered because I've, you, you as a service provider, and I'm talking to the audience collectively, you've taken the time to vet those people in your network, you've built those relationships, and you have what we call, you have a guy. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> right. like, I got, I got a girl for that. I got a guy for that, you know? Yep. So you want to have that. And that's, that's so powerful. And a lot of people discount that and they don't take that seriously. Um, but that's your differentiator is the people that exist in your network. For sure. So take that time to go out there and um, build those other relationships with the service providers because guess what? They're going to potentially refer you business, marketing professionals, CPAs, attorneys. Those are all people, IT people. You, you've got to know that. I mean, you've got to know those people because they're potentially talking to your customer as well. And then they're also going to be a resource for your client base as you grow. That's that's great advice um, that that I think folks should definitely take to heart. You know, I um I asked a question in the computer business marketing Facebook group about what folks had planned for 2019, and one of our members, Tom Bull, shout out to Tom, uh, mentioned that, uh, and this ties right back to what you're saying about not working in your business but working on your business. Tom's goal for this year, he said, was to stop being a field service tech. And instead, you know, rise above, you know, being the the person that actually goes out fixing computers, be the, you know, the the business owner and the strategic thinker and hire someone to take care of the day-to-day kind of tech repairs and stuff like that. And, and I thought that was a great goal to have. Um, and if anybody else feels like they are, you know, working too many hours, um, they, they don't have a chance to really grow their business, um, you know, one of the first things to do is just... Um, you know, look to hire someone. So what he did was he took, he actually took a small business loan to cover the next couple months of what he would earn in his business to take a step back, work on st- strategy, and then bring in a tech, train him up, and then get him to, to take care of that. Um, and then, you know, with the idea that he'll make that money back, you know, in, in, uh, in no time. No. Um, so I, I thought that was a that was a great move. So uh, so kudos to Tom. Yeah, and it's super smart, especially if you know what that you know what you want that person to do. And I think another mistake any if we're going to just lump all professionals into one big swoop, but um, what ends up happening is they don't take the time to understand their own systems and processes, and so they know they have to. They're trying to scale up, or they're or they've got bigger goals, and they want to grow the company. And they are like, "Oh, I need to offset offload some of these, um, you know, admin tasks or these things that that really I do. I need to be doing it." But they don't take the time to identify the things that they do on a day to day basis, and so it becomes much harder to train them. So smart that Tom, you know, took that time and did those extra due diligence steps to understand where he was at so he could smartly onboard this new person. Very good stuff. Great. Um, So, you know, I think um, as we wrap things up, if you have any other kind of final tips for us about, um, you know, word of mouth marketing, or, you know, you talked a little bit about getting in front of influencers and decision makers and, and how to, how to find those ideal clients. Um, Are there any other tips around that uh, you can leave us with? Yeah, I got a whole bunch of tips. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure in you fact, do. In fact, I'm going to share at the end when we wrap this up and I put a bow on it, I'll share where people can get more of those tips. But I think the final thing I could think about um, for our, our peeps tonight is really just what are you doing in the next 
30, 60, or 90 days to identify number one, who is your most ideal client? Like who is the person that, you know, every single day, if you could wake up and work with that particular clientele, who is that person? And then where is like, who's talking to that client? Who's talking, who's already bending the ear of that client from a service provider standpoint, don't be thinking about your mama or your daddy, nothing against them, but they're probably not talking to that client. So you have to think, okay, who else is working with that client? And then where are those people hanging out? So where are those professional service providers hanging out? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they hanging out your local chamber of commerce? Are they at a specific conference? Be very specific about those three things and get really clear on that, at least in the next 30, 60, 90 days. Um, and then, you know, really understand how, well, like, what is it? I've got a whole thing and I can't really talk about it today, but um, there's actually a, an epic formula. It's, I call it the epic formula where people, and you might want to write this down, everybody. That, that's um, a good name. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It's an acronym and it actually stands for email, phone, in-person, and currency. And so the formula is really those people that you're building relationships with. Are you taking the time to converse with them in an email? Like, are you taking the time to pick up a phone and have a conversation with them? Are you taking the time to invite them to the things that you're already doing to grow your business or invite them to an opportunity or explore a new, you know, like you're doing something in person with them. It doesn't mean you have to take them a coffee, just means you have to like get them to where you are. Um, And lastly, Hmm. what are you doing from a current, like from the currency standpoint, your connections, are you adding value to their world? So if you're not, if you're just take, 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 and you're not adding any value, um, that's where the disconnect happens. I feel like that's where a lot of people feel like they're wasting their time. So I don't have time certainly to go into that whole epic formula. That's something I'm going to do a lot deeper and a lot deeper level with people that work with me. But um, that is just a little acronym. So if we can get that into our system and start treating everybody and understanding where they fall in the pipeline, um, you'll, you'll, you'll start seeing those connections pay off in big time. You don't have to do it with a lot of people. I mean, really, I, I don't have, I mean, I have a ton of people in my superficial network, but there's really about 25 people that I'm, you know, Hey, what's going yeah. on? What are you doing? How's it going? That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have the right connections, um, you only need a few of them to really have a big impact. Yeah. Awesome. So, Hey, that, that sounds great. So if, if people want to dig in uh, more to uh, the Epic formula or some of the other stuff we've talked about, and they want to uh, learn more about you, where can they go? Yeah, the perfect place for people to come check me out is if you just simply head on over to thequeenofresults.com. And once you land on that page, you'll see a lovely thing that uh, talks about uh, nabbing a eight ways to stay top of mind in front of decision makers and influencers. So it talks about some of those other strategies that we didn't get a chance to talk about today. But it's a free download. All you got to do is put in your name and email and you'll get that lovely guide it's going to share with you some other ways to stay top of mind and build those word of mouth referral strategies for the long-term growth of your business. So thequeenofresults.com. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being a guest on the show today. Um, a lot of uh, great, um, great stuff, uh, actionable stuff that we can get out and, and start applying, I think, right away. Um, and uh, and so, by the way, Dave uh, Greenbaum in the chat just reminded me that uh the um the uh what was it uh, no, <laughs> i keep thinking epic no it's smart <laughs> the r and the r and smart goals is, stands for relevant so <laughs> uh so thanks for that dave so um 
so many acronyms, but I know, right? <laughs> but uh, but hey, they help us from you know they help us remember even more complex uh, sequences of of things. So uh, I'm a big fan of acronyms. I come from a military background. You got to have oh, the acronyms. Me too. Yeah, well, we, that's probably a whole it. other show for another time talking about our military <laughs> backgrounds. <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. Well, uh, again, thanks for being on. And, and hey, there you go. That that gives you an excuse to come back on another time. And that's we'll right about that. Thank you for the opportunity, Matthew. It was really great talking with you. Bye, Paco. Thank you so much. You guys rock. Thanks. All right, guys. Um, so before we go, just want to uh, give a shout out to our second sponsor, and that is Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the service for IT businesses. Uh, we craft blog content that converts your website visitors into customers with 100% unique SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. So there's a lot to unpack there, but as you know, Tech Blog Builder writes 100% unique content. So it's not, you know, uh, an article that we just syndicate around to everybody. Um, that helps you with SEO, that helps you stand out from your competition, and that that allows us to write uh, posts that's specific to your business. So we get to know your business, we get to know the types of services you provide, um, the vibe that you have, and we try to mimic that in, in the posts we write for you. Um, the posts we write for you, we will post directly to your website. So, uh, you know, you don't have to do any work. It just automatically appears. Um, we'll ask you for topic suggestions. If you don't have any uh, suggestions, we'll come up with some based on on the services you provide. And, uh, and we keep that going on a consistent basis. So that's the other key is, you know, it, it's hard to remember to do all the things you need to do as far as marketing and content is concerned. So uh, instead of needing to remember to do that, just let us take care of it. And we'll Every month we'll write, you know, two to four blog posts for you. And then uh, we have a couple extra add-ons. If you want us to post to social media, we'll do that as well. And we'll do that for you. So we'll connect directly to your Twitter and your Facebook. Uh, we'll create a nice graphic for your blog post and post it up on the social media accounts. And then finally, uh, we can also um, create a video for you. So we can take that blog post we wrote and turn it into a nice uh, customized video that's meant to really capture people and get their attention and uh, teach them uh, the key points of that blog post. And then of course, get them to contact you to learn more. Um, so it's all about grabbing people's attention, uh, getting them interested, speaking to them, and then getting them to contact you. And that's what we do with Tech Blog Builder. Uh, so definitely check that out at techblogbuilder.com. Uh, and then don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Just go to techsitebuilder.com slash group, or just go to Facebook and search for computer business marketing. In that group, we have folks asking questions all the time, sharing their wins. Um, you know, we heard about Tom, you know, who said he's, uh, he's, he's got some great plans for 2019. So you can kind of share, uh, uh, you know, your goals for this year as well. Just a great community to be a part of. Uh, again, that's the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. All right. Um, after that, uh, just want to let you know, let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. There's uh, comment boxes under all the show episodes if you want to let us know what you thought of that episode. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, join us in the Facebook group. Um, and I can't wait to see you in those places. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Site Builder and Tech Blog Builder. 
Thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Your success.